Elliot. Hello, I'm Jacqueline Elliot, and this is the Tantric Lounge. Welcome to yet another show where we talk sex, science, and spirituality, and take you on a journey to your full human potential by incorporating your sexuality and the wonder of what it is to be a sexual being and how that adds to your life infinite creativity and joy, zest, and meaning. And joining me as ever is my creative collaborator and co-host, Xavier Watercane. Funny you should talk about incorporating your sexuality because being a wordsmith, I'm taking yes. that literally as meaning putting it into your body, which yes. is where it usually, most people think it usually is. Mm-hmm. But that implies that if you're incorporating your sexuality, that a lot of your sexuality is actually outside of your body and in a rather different energy space altogether. Yes, and that's the problem with so many modern Westerners is that we're not incorporating our sexuality. We sort of keep it over there somewhere and every self and sort of like tap into it when we're feeling horny or think we should be or, yeah, and and take with that all a lot of crap and confusion around, well, what is this sexuality? Well, what is all of this about? So part of the tantric approach is to recognise that the yes. energetics extend beyond the body. Yes. And you actually are drawing energy into the body as well. Yes, and you're generating the, body, the energy within your body. You're tapping into your sexuality, your sexual energy, and using that within your body and sharing that with your partner if you have one. Um. Interestingly, it's not just about the sex act and it's not just about being with another partner or something like that, which is what we tend to think of as sex in the West. And it's not just about muscles and nerves and movement. No, it's no. about subtler stuff well it is and it's also about that sense of being uplifted you know, so often when we're feeling uplifted and joyful and mm, life's good that's coming from like a sexual energy that's what we're talking about and you can use that energy which is where you were taking people a couple of weeks ago with the mm-hmm. first tantric lounge the lives Let's talk yes. about that. Oh, yes, yes. I would love to dedicate today's show to sharing with the listeners what we did at the Tantric Lounge Live. This is for real people going, rather than the virtual stuff, this is for real human bodies <laughs> yes. getting into the same room at the same time to do this sort of stuff. Yes, yes. So there were 22 people came along in a beautiful, beautiful yoga studio in, in a Sydney and we spent three hours engaging in some rather gorgeous activities. All right. So why, again, tantric mm. and why the lounge? Yes. Yes, good time to revisit that concept. Why do I call this radio program and, and so much of what I do the tantric lounge? Okay, so tantra is about, well, I see it as incorporating both the art and the science of sex and seeing it as this very whole thing and it's it's very transpersonal i mean i see myself as a transpersonal coach in many ways because we're integrating all the different levels of being as a human the physical the emotional the intellectual and the spiritual and you also work a lot on contextualizing sexuality so it's not just part just something that's done in the bedroom it's something that's Mm. a life force that you tap into for all sorts of reasons and you can actually use it in any context in which you're interacting with life. Absolutely. It's very much a creative energy that we're Mm. dealing with here. Nevertheless, Mm. for the modern Westerners who are a bit out of touch with all of this Mm. (laughs) woo-woo, wah-wah, out spaced out like man, like wow. Yeah, it's also cosmic. Wow. 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 Um, (laughs) 
you do have the lounge space in which that can happen every Sunday. So, yes. Well, not every Sunday, but every one Sunday once a month. month. Yeah. yeah. So the reason I call it the lounge is a couple of reasons for that because a lounge is a lovely space where people gather and relax and chat and share and so forth. Um, I, it also brings to mind, and it's more, you were back in, in France, they had their salons. Oh, les salons du les salons yes. Du yes, yes. Where, where witty people would talk about witty things. Oh, what's the latest from that naughty man who has written all of these interesting things? Yes, I know the title. Yes, you know. Ilala, and Ilala. they were often brought together by intelligent kind of women, social women, were often the ones who ran the salons. Yes. And all the young men and you know intellectuals of the day and artists and so forth would gather and, and share. And they'd play cards and they'd read mm. books and they'd, and they'd share interesting thoughts. In fact, the whole um, humanistic movement that yes. came, the, the, uh, I've forgotten what it was, it's called not the rational movement, but the, 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 the movement of intellect playing mm-hmm. a greater role in life rather than just religion. Yes. The inquiries into science and all mm-hmm. of that sort of people would discuss these things yes. at the salon. Yes. So the idea of the, the tantric lounge is the modern version of the salon where people who want to bring things to each other can. Yes. And that's very much kind of the energy behind it. And the focus is on sexuality and spirituality, but also, yes, the intellectual rigor behind it as well. Because I do believe too many people who get involved in Tantra are the, oh, yeah, it's also cosmic. Which is fine. Thing. Well, look, if that's their gig, that's their gig. But, uh, but you, you like know. to have a little bit more brain cells. Behind yeah, so I like to on. think of myself as the mystic intellectual. Yes, the thinking person, sex coach. Yes, and there's a lot of people out there that that want this meaning and this connection and so forth as well. So You could call this sex mm. for not dummies. Sex for not dummies. <laughs> so there you You've go. got to write a book on that. I've got to, well, maybe one of the ones that we collaborate on. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, yeah. the, so that leads us into who are the loungers? Who's attracted mm. to the tantric lounge and why? Yes. Well, uh, we've already just mentioned that these are thinking people, But I also want to describe people, and I imagine so many of our listeners would relate to this concept too, of being sensual explorers, right? And when I say sensual, I mean that in much broader sense than, you know, touchy-feely, let's have sex kind of things. It's people who want to engage fully in this physical experience that we're having here. Yeah, people who don't just want to intellectualise about stuff. Yes. So even though we're, you're attracting thinking people, mm. you're not attracting people who just want to be academic about this all the time. You're pe- yeah. people who actually want to get yes. down and feel things. Feel. As yes. well as think them Yes, through. and it's very much about the feeling because just as we've put sex in a bit of a box over there, we've, kind of, we've really... She's s- pointing to her left. Not necessarily the boxes on people's left. But <laughs> well, it's somewhere. It's somewhere. Yeah. Now she's pointing to the right. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. It's where's somewhere. Your where's, your, where's my box? I don't know where my box is. I'm, I'm sure I've left it somewhere. Now I've completely lost my train of okay. thought. People. Ah, yes. So just as we've sort of compartmentalised sex, we compartmentalise the intellectual and we compartmentalise the physical. And the emotional. And people often sort of will try and categorise themselves and put themselves in a box. Oh, I'm an intellectual or, oh, you know, I'm a physical kind of a jock or... Or like I'm a well spaced out cosmic woo-woo person. Yes, right. yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've actually been to some sort of tantric type events where, you know, people look at me askance because I think... 
you know, and I want to like inquire. They're not and, all feel, and They're it's not, not all. Yeah, yeah. Sensation. Mm. So, people have funny ideas about what spirituality is and what tantra is. And look, I'm certainly not saying that what I say is correct, but it's certainly something that works for me and it but appeals actually to certain. You are, but let's, oh, stop, yeah, well, <laughs> let's yes. not pretend otherwise. You can say that, but I'd feel terribly arrogant if I did. Well, anyway, so who comes to these things? So couples? these are these questions. Yes, couples and singles and just individuals whose partner might not want to come for whatever reason. So uh, the, at the first one, yes, it was pretty well, half and half couples and non-couples, and it was almost half and half male and female. And all manner of sexual orientations, or do you tend to attract mostly heterosexuals? Yeah, these ones were all hetero, or mostly hetero, I think. Again, there's another box that well, people yes. put themselves into. Yes, yes, I know some of these people, and I know that some of them, well, they might be, uh, yeah, bi-curious is often what some people say, or they might dabble occasionally. But, but um, the point is, it's a very inclusive space, that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, and anyone, anyone can come. I'm, I'm not interested in what someone's particular sexual orientation is. Yeah, all I'm interested in is people getting real and expressing what's real for them. Mm. So what do participants get out of an experience like the Tantric Lounge they, live? Yes. <laughs> Even more than from the radio show. Even more than from the radio show. <laughs> the radio show is the next best thing. Um, so what they get is they get, well, for a start, they get a space in life, right? Because so often we get uh, weighed down by negative energy. Yeah, it's kind of like the energy on Earth is, is pretty vibrates at a fairly low level. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's early in the morning for you, Xavier. Um, it takes you know, a while for the Kundalini to rise, <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> and it can take, and, you know, people often come and come to a space and they're sort of like, oh, you know, they've got the ways of, weights of the world on them and so forth. So I give them permission to set all of that aside. And in this space, we're, we're just going to be ourselves. We're going to explore and from that, they can get peace, they can get understanding, they can get that upliftment, that zest. And generally, they will be raising their vibration, so to speak, and developing themselves. So simply put, mm. just the fact that you are creating a time and mm-hmm. a place to dedicate yes. yourself to this Yes. Focus and attention mm-hmm. is in itself significant. Absolutely. And that's why I encourage so much people to find these spaces in their own lives as well. Where it's really important that you have some kind of spiritual practice. And when I say spiritual practice, that can manifest as all sorts of things for all sorts of people. To but, cre- play, a place to create your own space. Create your own space, your yeah. Own space. And that can certainly be a, a sexual interaction. So that, for instance, if a couple come together, they do it with a almost like a sense of reverence in a way, right? So they have a beautiful bedroom and they, they say, this, is this, is, is this time and this space that we're dedicating to us. It's a bit like going to church. A little bit, Because yeah. it, the same idea of reverence, mm. an idea of hooking into your, your spirituality as well as your sexuality yeah. as well. Yes. So obviously then people might have these preconceptions, but mm. it's not a group orgy. You don't have to get <laughs> no. naked. No, no, no. You don't no. have to be sexual with other people. You don't no, even have to be sexual with other with your own partner or yeah. even with yourself. No. Not that. I don't do it's that. not that sort of space. No, no. And 
Look, I know that there are some people who run tantric type workshops and so forth where they do get more genital, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to comment on on that. I'm sure it's good for some people, but that's not what I do because I'm very aware that we're dealing with energy, and so you don't need to be naked, and you don't even need to touch each other. And given how fraught sexuality is in our society, and how so many of us are sort of a bit kind of not really clear about it, I believe that once you start adding nude and any kind of obvious genital stuff, it just switches it and then people are sort of in that more of that sleaze mode. And I guess it wouldn't even be necessarily sleaze. It's just a matter of boundaries. Well, it Some is about, people, yeah, and I mean, uncomfortableness. And, mm. I mean, I'm picky about who I have conversations mm. with, let alone who I would take my clothes off next yeah, to. yes. And look, I mean, I've and done... not everybody's as prissy as I am. No, true. You're very prissy. I right? am a bit prissy. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but, um, I mean, I've done workshops where we've got naked and stuff, but, you know, I know that's right for me and I wouldn't do... But you haven't run workshops like that? Uh, no, I haven't actually. No. Um, maybe I will at one stage. But it's very much, um, yeah, I mean, it's horses for courses and for some people that's great, for other people that's traumatising. So given that it is a potential minefield, mm. what do you do to make people comfy? Yes. Well, it's so important that... Um, because I'm the facilitator and I'm holding the space for them, I have a huge responsibility for people energetically. So it's very important that it's a beautiful space. So I create a really lovely space. Uh, I certainly have to make sure that I'm in a good space myself. <laughs> Above all, I can't be bringing any crap into into the space. Um, sit down, welcome everybody, and make sure that people understand what the rules are for this kind of engagement. Our, our listeners should re- be aware that you mm. actually do quite a lot of meditation in your own energy work even before you get into that space. Oh, you do a lot of preparatory work. Oh, huge. It's a bit like, I mean, not that you see much on the outside because when I see you meditating, it's just there you are. Mm. But energetically, there's quite a lot going on in terms of clearing junk, it's clear, uh, oh, uh, yes. getting into the right frame of mm. heart, mind and soul to yes. be able to lead mm. these experiences for people. Oh, you don't absolutely. just walk into it. No, 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 no. Like even when I do this radio show, I do a particular type of deep trance meditation to be able to open myself up to allow the wisdom to flow, so to speak. Mm. Um yeah, so there's to allow di- yourself to access those energies and to access that, yeah. that feeling, that yes. life force. Yeah, and to use some of the cosmic terms, you know, my seventh chakra is open, mm. yeah, and it's coming down out through my fifth chakra, which is the voice one, mm. and I've certainly got the sixth open as well, so I can tune into the, the intuition. And, and I don't yeah. do anything like that. I'm just the grounding thing. <laughs> You're even awake. Yeah, I'm even awake. <laughs> well, that's debatable. But, yeah, so, like, it's it's very, it's absolutely essential. Yeah, in fact, it was interesting you say that because I got some really nasty email from someone during the week who was absolutely horrified at how much I charged for my workshops. Oh, God, she was so indignant she went out of her way to write this really nasty, spiteful email to me. And, uh, yeah, how can you charge this much? And I was just sort of thinking, wow, lady, you have no idea about what has gone into my personal development to get me to a point where I can do this kind of work, yeah? And no one was paying me to do any of that, you know? When I sit down, when I go into deep meditation, when I go into deep trance or when I'm sort of raising the orgasmic energy myself, 
you know, sad work. Like the TV repairman who tra- charges f- yes. five, f- uh, $5 for turning a screw to repair the TV, but $95 for the years of experience to find that and solve that problem really quickly. Yes, absolutely. And we'll just go to a break. when we're, And after that, we're going to discuss um, exactly what happens in the Tantric Lounge Live, the exercises you put people through. Yes, it's going to be interesting. So stay tuned, please. Welcome back to the Tantric Lounge. I'm Jacqueline Hellier here with my co-host, Xavier Watercane. And we're talking about what happened in my very first ever Tantric Lounge live. To give people a, a, a sense of what actually goes on. Yes. Yep. People, the most fun you can have with your clothes on. Absolutely. So what, what happens actually in this group of 20-odd people that you have in this wonderful space that they're dedicating to getting in touch with themselves and each other? Yes. Without actually getting touchy. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I do this lovely introductory exercise that works really well. And essentially everyone's standing in a circle <clears throat> and we peel off and one person turns to the person next to them. And for about 10, 20 seconds, they have a little chat and then they move on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And we go all the way around the circle so that everyone has a chance to have a quick little hello with each person. Then interestingly what happens is that the circle continues and you get to, to go face-to-face with everyone twice. So the second time I ask people to simply gaze into each other's eyes. There's no talking. So the first time people get a chance to connect in a way that we're more used to doing, which is verbal, hello, how are you, yes, have we met before, you know, blah, blah, just a really little short chat. The second time it's purely energetic. It's just about being in that space. So we've overcome the discomfort of, oh, who is this person? I don't want to stand in front of someone I've never met before. You've broken the ice. We've broken the ice. They know this person. They can come back and they're like, oh, hello. <laughs> but it's just hello with the energy. And uh, that when they do that and so when they're standing in front of you know, 20 different people and just feeling their energy, you can start to sink into yourself, you can start to sink into the space between you and the other person and you start to become more aware of feeling and the energy of a different person and how that feels. So that's always my introductory exercise. And then what happens? Well, the first part, well, I'll tell you what we did in this last one, okay, Okay. because it's going to be different every time. So breath, as I've stressed before so often in the third part of the shows, the breath is so important as a way of getting present into your body and the breath is really important as a way of moving sexual energy within your body. So we do some breathing. And when we do that breathing, and we'll go into this breathing more at the end of this show, I want it to be the the take-home practice, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to join me in that? Oh, sure. Why not? I'll try anything once. (laughs) Twice if I really like it. Three times if I'm hooked. Thank you. Remember this show is all about me? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, thank you. All right. So you breathe in. And as you breathe in, you're expanding your body. You're following the breath as it comes into your body. You're aware of the breath in your nostril. You're aware of it as it fills up your belly, fills up your diaphragm. You're drawing it deep into your pelvis. You're letting it go out. Then we add some rocking to that. And then we add some sound on the out breath. And then we work with it and we have a sense of drawing energy up our bodies with the in breath and then drawing it down on the out breath. And by that stage, people are sort of feeling, whoa, you know, like we're feeling kind of peaceful but heightened at the same time. So you're getting this really good sense of the yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. The yin is that very grounded, I'm here, I'm centred, I'm calm. And from there we can start to put in some yang energy, which is that uplifting sensation. 
fun. Mm-hmm. We practice the microcosmic circuit with our part with a partner. Which we've already met in past programs. We have indeed, and that's where the energy goes specifically around. And we use our, our partner will touch us lightly or even just guide us energetically through that circuit. And then something really special happens. What we do then is we get all the men to stand in a circle, right? And we get them to do this kind of breathing. They're doing the microcosmic circuit or they're just breathing, whatever feels right for them. So there's this whole circle of, you know, about a dozen men standing around. And then I invite the women to go into the circle and to just feel what that's like. And it feels awesome. I'm really lucky because whenever I run my Black Belt in the Bedroom seminar for men, I always get them to do this. And I'm often the only woman there. I might have an assistant as well and get to stand in the middle of this circle of all these men just being completely present. And, oh, my God, it's just like bathing in masculine energy. It's masculine energy that's not intense, which is what, as I have said recently in our programs about men, often the energy is too intense, which makes a woman shy away. Oh, no. These men are so present, they're calm, they're holding the space, and it's beautiful. And as a woman, you can just really go into that circle and you just let go and, oh, it is. It's like being bathed in masculine energy. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then we swap. We have the women do the same thing and the men can come in and... And they get to bathe in feminine energy. They get to bathe in feminine energy and the, the softness and, you know, just let that wash over them. And it's beautiful. And then we do break into little groups and have a bit of a chat about, you know, how that whole experience has been, what people got out of it. Then we can share with the whole group if people feel like sharing. Um, and that's that's a really oh, <laughs> spine-shivering experience. We have a question. Oh, do we? Yes. It says, Peter from Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm so envious of you people in Sydney. Your tactic lounge sounds awesome. Do you know of anything like this here in Philadelphia? <laughs> Ah, right. Yes. People often ask me questions like that. Do you know of anything like this? Or is there anyone like you near me? And look, I don't know. I don't know everybody in the world. Uh, so what I suggest you do is just Google it, you know, search engine it um, and see if there is anything like this around in your area. I know there's plenty of people who do this kind of work in the in the States. And then you need to trust your intuition as whether you feel some kind of resonance with this person. Because if you don't, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them it just means they're not a good match for you mm. um yeah maybe go along to an event or go and meet them read people them. have to respect that specificity it's early in the morning for me i know it's <laughs> afternoon for the people in the states but it's morning for me um the specificity yes of an experience especially mm. when you're going into a learning experience you mm. need to think okay it's not it's about me it's also about them the mm-hmm. interactions you're not necessarily judging them as being inadequate or even yourself as being inadequate if the match isn't right. It just yes. seems to me, it just means the match isn't right. Yes, yes, and you have to honour your intuition around that too. Yes. And also honour your intuition when it says this match is right. Whatever mm. else anybody might be thinking or saying about this experience, it feels right for mm. you in that moment. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Um, we also... Oh. Emma from Cottesloe from Perth. I had a friend who went to a tantric women's retreat and they had to do a group masturbation. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay. My friend said it was fine, but I wouldn't want to do that. It sounds revolting. (laughs) Yeah. Is that that necessary, (laughs) do you think? Much as we're a non-judgmental program, that is a bit on the extreme side. 
I personally don't think that's necessary. Um, uh, but if other people want to engage in group masturbation and if they see that as a spiritual experience, good luck for them. But what I really want to stress is that's why it's so important that you get a feel for the facilitator. You know, Energetically, energetically. <laughs> and that you you know what actually is going to happen. That's why I stress on all of my promotions and stuff that this is classy, it's sleaze-free, you keep your clothes on, there's no actual sex or anything like that. Even in my couples' workshops, you know, my retreats, that's all homework. Um, Which they're happy to do in the privacy of their own bungalows. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yes, and I'd be horrified to think that there were any um, facilitators who just sort of thrust this on people unknowingly. So to speak. Yeah. and But, you know, like, I mean, whenever you do something like this, you might encounter something that is a little like, oh, my God, I don't know if I want to do this. And, again, it's very important that you honour your intuition and identify, is it that actually this is something I could do, I'm just a bit scared to do, but I actually intuitively feel if I push my boundaries a bit and do it, I will benefit from it. Which leads into another question. To, oh, can yeah, I just finish? Yeah. yeah. Or is this something that is actually innately wrong for me and could be traumatic? In which case, don't do it. You can just, you can always sit out of things. Mm. And mm. on that and on that exact wavelength, right. is this right, is this wrong? Yeah. Samantha from Pueblo in Colorado. Mm. I'd like to think I was brave to do something like this. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it, so much fear comes up. What if I had to do something that I hated? What if one of the male participants did something awful? I've had a lot of bad experiences with men starting from childhood. I don't think I could trust them in this kind of situation. I'd feel too vulnerable. Yes. I guess that's where the skill of the facilitator comes in. Yes. And for some, sorry, what was her name? Uh, Samantha. Samantha, yeah. Look, for someone like Samantha who has had a lot of trauma or unpleasant experiences around sexuality, I'd really be encouraging that uh, she or anyone in that situation does a little bit of therapy, sex therapy or so forth first just to check that they might be okay with it or very much let the facilitator know that they've got this background because <clears throat> you want to be you want to be in a pretty good space to be doing this kind of work and if there there are things hidden in there if there is trauma in the background it can surface mm. yeah and so it, and it can make it worse if you're not sort of aware of what's going on. So you're advising people to do their own preparatory work before they go into this mm. space as well. If they mm. have any trepidation because mm. of past trauma mm. or bad experiences, mm. get a little therapy happening first. Yes. Do a little bit more baby steppy type of thing before mm. you dive in at the deep end. Not that it's all that a deep end in the tangent, but it might might be relatively speaking for For some people, for yeah. Some people. Um and so because I am a sex therapist as well as a tantra teacher, I, I can provide that for people, you know, and, and quite often I'll have people as clients before they'll they'll do a workshop with and me. And you do actually Skype sessions too. So you're not limited by geography Mm-mm. or Mm-mm. yeah, or time differences to do yes. that. You know, yeah. I've, I've seen you do stuff mm. all over the place. Mm. Uh, and also sometimes people will do a workshop and then from doing the workshop they realise there's, there's stuff that they need to deal with. And so then they'll come and see me for private sessions afterwards. So it can work both ways. It you works prepare both yourself ways. before you do a workshop, then, yeah. then up, that brings up other stuff. You go back mm. into the small amount of therapy or coaching or yep. whatever it is that you need yep. to do. Mm-hmm. And it can go back and forth mm. every time, I'm assuming, with some improvement yes. in the way of relating to the world and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, also in the tantric 
workshop you do, because there are some exercises that even though everybody's got their clothes on and nobody's mm. touching that, they might be confronting, like you do mm-hmm. your the feel the penis exercise <laughs> where, where men are feeling their own penises, not literally, not literally. <laughs> not literally with their hands, but energetically yes. and taking them for a walk. And as we introduced a couple of weeks ago yes. with the... And um, the women are too. And the women are feeling their vaginas. No. No. Oh, well, yes. Well, so yes. <laughs> the particular exercise I think you're referring to is I got everybody to feel their penises. So the women were feeling them energetically. Oh, they're energetic penises. Yeah, so they're lying on their back. The men are getting in touch with their actual penises, the women with their energetic penises, and I'm sort of talking them through. So it's almost like a, it's like a blessing. It's like an honouring of the male genitalia, yeah, and then they all sort of wander around to see what it's like. Or even that piece of anatomy because the clitoris mm. is actually a, a, a small penis. Yes, well, and then we do it with the vagina. Organically. Yeah, then we do the same thing and everyone, the women get present with their vaginas and clitorises and the men, um, you know, with their virtual, it as well. Yeah. yeah, and then everyone wanders around again. And it's kind of interesting, um, certainly what came up on this particular occasion was when everybody was wandering around present in their penises, they felt quite their penis a penis vaginas. No, just the penises. Oh, just the penises. Just the penises. They felt quite a lot of antagonism and, like, like too, like, as though everyone was the same magnetic end. So oh, there was I see. kind of like repulsion. North, north, north meeting each other. And yeah, the positive, repulsion. positive, yeah. yeah. And there was a bit of, yeah, repulsion. And it was kind of interesting for the guys because a lot of them sort of said, whoa, yeah, this is really bringing home to me how often as men we, uh, you know, like there's that standoff kind of a thing. Because then when everyone was in their vaginas, <laughs> it was really soft and flowy and, and there was a real ease about it. So then what I said is, okay, let's get back into our actual genitals, depending on our, on our sex, on our gender. And for the men to really get into that sense, as I've described before, of being strong on the outside, soft on the inside and opening up. So as they wandered around the room and met everybody else, they were meeting with their yin while still having the strong yang supporting them. And it was very different. And, you know, the women were, were, feeling, were in their yin, Strong inner yang, outer yin. And it was a really beautiful experience and very, very different from this kind of closed-off yang-yang kind of sensation. And after that, oh, I've got to tell you, can I tell, I have to tell everybody about what we did after that. Sure, sure, sure. This wonderful thing. It was like a ritual. And I had a whole bunch of mandarins. So I put them in the middle of the room and the women sat around them in a circle mm-hmm. and the men stood around the women. Mandarin, for the American listeners, think tangerine. Oh, is it? Yes. It's a different word. Yeah, it's a different, yeah. They, yeah. They, they think mandarin is tangerine. Orange is still orange. I don't know whether they know anything about tangelos. Well, anyway, so like. Whatever. Like it's a small little, little citrus orange. fruit yes. with an easy peel. Easy peel. And really sweet and really juicy. Really sweet, yes. Yeah. Whatever you call it, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Wherever you are in the world, that's what we're talking about. Little orange fruits. Um, yes. Okay. And as the women, the women were to sort of focus on the fruit and to, to put into the fruit their feminine energy, that lovely balance of the yin and the yang. And each woman stated a word which represented something like a gift of femininity that they wanted to put into it, right? And so we did that for a little bit. Then each woman took one of the, the little green, little orange citrus fruits. <laughs> and then the men sat, did the same thing. This time they had bananas, right? I know it's a bit cliche, but it was good. And they did the same thing. They were sort of imbuing the bananas with their masculine energy. Each man stated a word, which was like a gift of what they wanted to put into the bananas. At the end, they took a banana and then everybody paired off and they shared their fruit, right? So uh, literally. Literally, yes. 
and they offered the fruit to the other. So for people who were there with their partners, with their beloveds, it was often like, here's a gift from me to you. For people who weren't necessarily partnered, it could have been more around, I represent the universal woman, you represent the universal man, here is a gift from woman to man sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They could do it however they liked. And afterwards, the feedback from that, like a lot of people, you know, were in tears or um, had some really big breakthroughs around that. Who would have thought that bananas and tangerines could be so mm. emotive? Yeah, and just that. But and, it's not that, it's the energetics. Yes, it was. And for a lot of people, it was just like, wow, how beautiful to ritualise this this gift of the masculine and the feminine. Yeah, it was really beautiful. So not only do people get in touch with their sexuality, they also get to eat. <laughs> yes. And then we finish with supper. But, mm. And we'll explore more of this after the break. We will indeed. Stay tuned. Hi, welcome back. It's the Tantric Lounge and you're here with me, Jacqueline Hellier, and my co-host, Saviour Watercane. And we've been talking about the Tantric Lounge live, what goes on in an actual Tantric workshop. Yes, and fruit as well. Yes, a fair bit of fruit involved. Um, Beautiful, juicy fruit. And a place where I think they grow some of the stuff is Tina from Huma, Huma, Louisiana. Maybe that's, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm reading that wrong. This sounds great, but there's no way my husband would do this. He's so jealous. I can't Mm. even look at another man without him getting mad, let alone doing all this with other men. He says it's normal for men to be this jealous and it's because he loves me so much. All right. Do you think that's true? And does that mean that the men who go to your events don't really love their wives and girlfriends? Okay. I think we could probably do an entire show around that topic. But uh, the short answer is, Tina, there is a difference between love and possessiveness. And love does not equal possessiveness, and certainly possessiveness does not equal love. A couple are two individuals who come together out of love because that enhances their individuality and they grow as individuals and as a couple. That does not mean that one owns the other and that if the other does anything with the opposite sex, then they're they're threatened. A A lot of jealousy is born from a feeling of insecurity. Yes, Absolutely. It's all around insecurity. And one of the things that you do develop doing this kind of work generally is a stronger sense of self and a much greater ability to trust that you're okay and your partner's okay because you actually get closer to your partner. You become more open, you become more honest. And in fact, when you go around and so for instance, if you're doing exercises where you feel the energy of other people in the room, which will include other people of the opposite sex, that can you can understand men or women better. You can feel their energy better and you can bring that back into your relationship to enhance your relationship. This sounds like the sort of couple that probably needs a bit of therapy before they do a workshop. Yes, indeed, indeed. Couples therapy, relationship therapy. Yes, and I'd be saying to someone like Tina, is it Tina? Yes. Is... See, over time, couples will grow. The individuals within the couple will grow. And sometimes one grows more than the other, right? And I often see that it comes to a point where a couple have to realise, or generally the more developed spiritually or personally developed, more energetically developed partner has to admit that their partner isn't enough for them energetically anymore. And it's just really upsetting 
for the, the lower energy partner as well. So if you can't bring your partner up with you, they're always going to be unhappy. They're always going to be frustrated. They don't get where you're at. Which will actually just exacerbate this And it problem. exacerbates the problem. Because there's already an intuition on the part of one of the partner mm-hmm. that they need to grow and develop and that the other one isn't catching up. Yes. Which will make the other, which will the, the, the slower partner or the mm-hmm. lower energy partner feel very insecure. Yes. And even more jealous. Yes. And it's kind of unfair on them in a way, right? Because they can't actually understand where their partner has grown to. You, you generally can't get higher than you. You don't understand it. It's like a foreign land, right? All, all that they know is that it's different and they feel insecure. And they, so if you are the higher developed partner, you have the choice of either keeping yourself low, like having an anchor on yourself so that you don't grow and develop, or cutting yourself free and cutting your partner free. But the question being that do the men who go to your events don't really love their wives and girlfriends? Oh, quite the opposite. You can only do this kind of work if you have a genuine, deep love and respect for your partner. Because what you're doing is you're saying, we're on this journey together. And I trust you to mm-hmm. come along for that journey with me. Yes, because if we do this together, we'll both go somewhere glorious. Mm. Mm. Bill from Newcastle, I went to one of your Black Belt in the Bedroom seminars earlier this year. It made a real difference. Until then, I hadn't realised how disconnected I was. I thought that because I had the drive that that was enough, that meant I was connected. Now that I know what being present and connected really feels like, it's a whole different ball game. Mm. No pun intended, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm a big fan of your blogs and podcasts. I haven't been to one of your live lounges yet, but I sure as hell listen to your every radio program. That's very nice of you, Bill. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Bill. So what's, this, so what's the um, so what's this the question there? It's more it's more about connection connectedness again, isn't it? It's, yeah. Well, we covered a lot of this in last week's program, Black Belt in the Bedroom. Um, and, but it relates to that last question too, is that often people, people don't know what they don't know, right? And you can think that you're connected. You can think that you've got, um, you're having good sex or good enough sex or that you're not jealous or whatever. But until you actually move to that next level of consciousness and awareness and understanding, a higher energetic frequency, you don't know. Um, which is why I always admire people who's, who, who will admit I'm, I'm questing. I'm, I'm a seeker. I want to know more. I don't necessarily know what I don't know. I just know that there's got to be more and I'm willing to explore and see what that might be. It always starts with that primary intuition. There must be something more than this. Absolutely. There must be. And certainly anyone listening to this program, anyone who comes to the Empowerment Channel to listen to these programs, not just mine, everyone else's, whether we're talking sex or money or lifestyle or whatever the other programs are. Yeah, there's got to be more. And I'm willing to take a risk to, to go into what for me is the unknown, where I will be vulnerable, where it's a bit scary, right, and, and see what I can learn, see how I can grow. And important to that is to realise that these that is to have these places where you're safe to grow. Mm. Yes. And so I think we should uh, stress again, like in answer to some of the other questions we've had today, how important it is that you have a good feeling about your facilitator and that they feel right for you. Or your counsellor or your coach. Well, anyone, or your therapist. Anyone or in a helping profession. Anyone in your environment, really. 
when you well, think yes. about it. And very much your partner, you know, like to come back to, you know, Tina's question. Certainly, I'm certainly not saying Tina, leave your partner because I do not know enough from one tiny little question. But yeah, your partner, if you are in a committed relationship, your partner has to be, you know, your equal or more, someone who can help you grow. How do you get past that partner inequality mismatch? There really are only two alternatives, really, aren't there? One is that you get your partner to grow with you or, no, there's three. Oh, okay. One is that you get your partner to grow with you. Two is to realise that they're not going to and to end it, preferably with love and understanding, which you can have because you're more developed. They may not have it. They may have bitterness and recrimination and hatred because they don't get it. The third one is to keep yourself anchored, to keep yourself down at their level, to keep them happy. Which is a which is the default option for a lot of people, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for a lot of people will do that. They think it's more important that they stay with their partner than that they actually do what's right for themselves and grow. Out of loyalty, commitment, all of those things. Oh, and a lot of social norms. And, you know, let's be honest, out of, well, hey, it's going to be a financial disaster if we separate or we, I think it might be better for the kids if we stay together or, you know, family won't support it or people will think, you know, I'm selfish if I leave this person who's basically a good person even though they're boring as batshit and jealous as anything and we've got nothing in common anymore or whatever it is that's that's indicating to you i wonder where that came from that is indicating to you that you're not on the same literally it's a common phrase we use we're not on the same wavelength anymore and i am quite happy to be hierarchical about that and say that quite often one person has grown more than the other they are operating at a higher spiritual frequency than their partner is and for the people that are willing to go down the tantric lounge type mm. experience, whether it's mm-hmm. with you or with anyone else, mm. what else will happen in a can- in a tantric lounge that people can? Take? Well, I- the it's that I run, and, and this the tantric lounge that I'm now running as well. So, what happened? What else happened at the first one? Well, I've covered pretty well most of it. These things generally progress at a fairly slow pace, right? Because they are quite deep. Um, so after we did that, that beautiful ritual with the fruit, we formed a circle again. We, we didn't hold hands, we touched hands, left palm forward, right palm facing backwards, mm-hmm. and we shared energy. And the way we did that was for the men to start by with their positive pole, which is their sexual centres, drawing the energy up, allowing it to ignite their, their heart centres and sending that energy down their left arm mm-hmm. and the person next to them would bring it up their right arm. So it would travel around the circle. And for the women to start with their breast energy, their heart energy, and to use the strength of that to draw up their sexual energy and do the same thing. We did that for a while. Then we separate our hands. Then we separate our hands just um, an inch or so. And it's really interesting. Often the feeling gets more powerful when you're actually not physically touching, Mm -hmm. right? So we did that for a while. And then we just turned to a partner and I play, had this beautiful music playing and it's kind of like we did an, an energetic dance. It's sort of like a little massage of the aura where we're sort of almost like dancing and moving around each other with our hands caressing the aura. So not touching them but our hands just a few inches away from their body and oh, it was all really lovely. 
And now we've got a lovely, lovely exercise yes. that uh, the listeners can take with them. Yes, yes. So I thought I'd use one of the exercises that we did do at the Tantric Lounge Live and share it with the listeners here. It's very much in line with what we have been doing anyway in terms of the breath and, and learning to draw it up. So I invite everybody who isn't operating heavy machinery, which includes driving a car, <laughs> to sit comfortably or lie down. Uh, you can stand as well. And just to get present in your body with your breath, noticing the the feeling of the breath as it goes in through your nostrils, being aware of the breath as it's travelling down and filling up the whole of your torso from the pelvis upwards. It's filling your pelvis. You're drawing it all the way into your pelvis. You're drawing it into your abdomen, into your diaphragm, into your chest, filling it up and then slowly letting it flow out. Right. And this becomes a very circular kind of a sensation, like a wave lapping on the shore. Okay, so you're breathing in. And remember, hopefully some of you have downloaded that ding music from the Embraining website. So you get that every six seconds, you get that ding. You're breathing in for six seconds and then ding, you're breathing out for six seconds. All right. Now, as you're doing that, I want you to start just gently rocking a little bit. So as you're breathing in, you're just rocking your pelvis and your body forward a little bit. And then on the out breath, you're sort of collapsing it a little. So in, forward. In, allowing your body to move forward. And out. Exhale. Exhaling. And it's more of a collapse. Collapse. So you really want to be sort of lifting up through your torso and then collapsing it down a little. Right? Gotcha. So it's kind of like your, your spine's concaving and convexing. Now, have I got it the wrong way around? So on the in-breath, as you straighten convexing. up, it's convexing a little and you're standing tall, you're feeling you're rising up and then on the out-breath, you're allowing your spine to go a little concave, your tummy collapses, you're drawing back. Mm-hmm. And as you're doing this, you're getting this nice rocking sensation with your pelvis. All right. So it's going to breathe in. So let's all do that together for a little while. And as you do it, you might find that your breathing is speeding up just a little bit. You can actually do this quite quickly. That's called the fire breath when you do it really quickly. All right. And then as you're breathing in, I want you to get a sense that you're drawing energy up from your sexual center down. You're bringing it up and then letting it flow down. You're bringing it up, letting it flow down. And you might want to actually move your body in some other way. What do your hands want to do? Yeah, do your hands want to float out or do they just want to hang? Do your shoulders need to move a little bit? And, oh, Xavier, you look like you want to fly as you're moving backwards and forwards. I'm looking a bit like Kermit the Frog when he was saying, and now here's everybody next. <laughs> There's a lovely right? loosness but in your arms yes, as but... you're moving <sighs> backwards and forwards, right? And so up, lifting up, relaxing down, breathing in and allowing it to flow down. Right, and you might actually be able to incorporate it if you've been practicing that cosmic circuit that we did where you're actually physically drawing up the energy using your pelvic floor to squeeze and bring it up, up the back, and then on the out breath, yep, you're allowing it to flow down the front, okay, keeping your tongue up on the soft palate, so breathing it up and allowing it to flow down. Breathing it up and allowing it to flow down. How are you feeling there, Xavier? Like a dying swan. (laughs) And it's good that you're just allowing yourself to 
be whatever it happens to be, all right? Because when you're doing this in a large group of people, everyone's kind of looking sort of silly, right? And the only people who are missing out are the ones who are getting self-conscious or thinking, oh, God, I look like a dying swan. I don't want to be doing this. I don't right? care. You don't care, no. And you can do this on your own. You can do this with a partner. And then to add to this, we can actually start using our voice because quite often we have a sense that our bodies want to make a noise on the out-breath. So as you breathe in, you go, ah. ah. That's right. Ah. Just allowing the, just allowing ah. on the out <laughs> Or whatever it happens to be. And sometimes it can sound really ecstatic. Sometimes it can sound silly. Yes, indeed. Sometimes it can be high. And sometimes it can be low and you just want to grunt and just let it all out. And that's and you just and you get the whole group can start going. So like Harry met Sally and it's just like Ah, but you're not putting it on. You're just allowing whatever natural feeling wants to come out. And I think that Xavier's really flying off in his swan. He's gone into some kind of growly trance. He's spin there. So I'm just going to close up on behalf of both of us. We're just going to stay in this nice ecstatic trancey thing for a little bit longer. I do hope that you practice this yourselves in your own time. And we will join you again next week where we'll be talking secret women's business. Thank you very much. Enjoy. Ugh. <sighs>